0: Thanks for joining me again today. I wanted to talk today about how we can find ourselves at home in our landscapes. I went on a walk today. I wanted to try out my new hiking boots and decided to do just a short hour or so in them. I have a lovely circular walk that I can do that would take about that time, but I decided to explore the streets near my home instead. I've lived in this location now for about 16 months, and while I've found lots of lovely places nearby that make me feel at home, I'm still aware there are many streets I just haven't walked yet. And when people refer to this road or that road as an orientation point, I'm still quite lost. I've always been bad at maps. I don't seem to have a strong ability to imagine the necessary visuals in my head. I don't think it helped spending a large portion of my childhood in a country with no street names either. I had no need to orient myself in my landscape, either because the commonest mode of transport there was car or taxi, or because, and the drivers knew how to get there, so I didn't learn to pay attention. It actually became a big source of anxiety for me when visiting the UK, figuring out buses and knowing when to press the button to indicate you needed to get off. That was hard. It wasn't enough to simply have a visual in mind of where you needed to be, which is something I found hard enough as it was. You also needed to know what it looked like about two minutes from that point so that you could press the button. I can still recall the sense of foolishness I carried when I realised I just didn't know how this worked. I was surrounded by people who could do this easily. Walking has always been my preferred mode of transport. I can move slowly through my landscape. And there is so much less chance of missing a turning or causing an obstruction because I don't know which way to turn next. But it also connects me to my environment so much more deeply. A book I've recently appreciated is This Is Where You Belong by Melody Warnick. She explores how we make places our home. And one of the things she notes is the importance of moving around by foot. Chapter two, I think. Or bike. Even a bike is too fast for me and frankly I never learnt how to ride one. Walking also gives me time to be nosy. When a car whizzes by houses and shops the most you can gather is a general impression through the blur of sights and frankly I'm usually too busy focusing on the road anyway. Walking allows me to speed up or slow down without hindering anyone around me and gives me time to gaze and wonder at the homes and shops and gardens as I pass. I can make guesses about who lives here, what amenities they enjoy, how much they love their gardens. The odd caravan or boat outside gives me even more data to play with. Today's walk took me down a long road with mostly homes, but also a new build college, and got me imagining the courses offered there and how I could benefit from it in the future. I enjoyed feeling a part of the landscape I was moving through, learning something about myself too as I picked up on my own delight in certain garden arrangements more than others or observed myself drawn to certain homes with more curiosity than others. Even being overtaken by a three-wheeled scooter at one point had me planning my own mobility preferences when I reached that point in my own life. I came home feeling connected to the place I inhabit. I came home feeling Educated about my area, as if I'd expanded my awareness and territory just a little further. My walk past these homes reminded me that there are so many people around me, I just haven't met yet. So many lives, living experiences, I don't know. But we share space. I'd been chatting about my walk with someone later on, of how I appreciated the area and had enjoyed a visit into my local grocer's on the way home. The owner had remembered something I'd said the last time I was in, and chatting about that together made me feel very seen and known, a convivial little chat about nothing very deep, but it had given me a cosy feeling. I was asked later on if I felt I belonged in this area, and I had to pause. It is such a loaded question. I realised that while that moment of being seen and known was wonderful, This actually wasn't the crux of belonging to me anymore. Now, I will always advocate for finding your places near your home as a way of creating a sense of belonging. Becoming a regular in certain shops creates the familiar face effect or territory marking. Having a favourite grocer's, coffee shop, bookshop, etc. These are all great belonging tools, but not because your belonging is contingent on being recognised as a regular. Because you've decided this is your place. That's what your belonging starts to be built on. Your decision to keep showing up in certain places is a catalyst to being known because you've decided to belong there. And when we've decided we belong, we find ourselves in more and more being known conversations. It can be so hard for third culture kids to negotiate belonging to a place. Sometimes this is simply because we don't want to. We've perhaps felt hurt or rejected by the place or the people associated with the place, or perhaps because we've been told what characteristics this area is associated with small town mindset or big city impersonal and, and we just don't fancy the association. Sometimes those closest to us growing up have out-and-out told us that we shouldn't belong or be associated with this place, or places like it. We can feel an emphasis in our TCK communities to be, quote-unquote, international, global citizens, nomads. We might grow up with an association drawn between mobility and adventurousness, versus settling and stuckness. These associations could make belonging to a place hard simply because we've learned that belonging is in itself a threat to being the person we feel we should be or who we want to see ourselves as. I suppose I'm inviting you to consider here what belonging actually means to you. When I was asked that question, I had to really think about that before I could give a yes, no answer. Do you feel you belong here? By what criteria? How would we know we belong? Part of it for me certainly is being enough of a regular to a store that I'm greeted and spoken to as if I'm familiar. We don't know each other's names, but we're engaging human to human. Feeling a likeness of interest or values or form of expression with the people around us is something we often cite as giving a sense of belonging, like we found our people. Feeling cared for by our communities, like they are acting as a support system because they recognise us as part of the team. These are all ways we can recognise belonging and perhaps you can think of others. For me, I'd like to add my experience today, walking the streets, feeling familiar with the landscape from within, as it were. So, becoming a regular, feeling shared values and interests, feeling cared for as part of a team, and a sense of territory. You can probably think of other demonstrations of belonging. But the first of these, becoming a regular, can be a challenge to those of us who move frequently, but at the same time there are so many ways to make this work if we act with intention. It might be easiest to achieve, of all of them, we just need repetition over time and a sense of routine, Sunday brunch here, groceries there, it's not even actually necessary To want to belong in a place to achieve this, though to become a regular without joy in the places you're frequenting renders this process somewhat mechanistic. The second, feeling likeness with those around us. This can be a challenge if we've experienced rejection or even aggression from those around us for being different. I'm very conscious here that I'm speaking to you as a white woman who is working with belonging in a white UK context. Working with TCKs who have settled in places where they don't look like they belong, it's a different story from mine. It's hard to lean into commonalities when we are marked by others as not belonging. More than hard. It's painful. And so is fear of leaning into commonalities because of what being like them could mean. For some of us, it might feel like trying to align with the people who bullied us as children. It might feel like joining the dark side, either because of our history with this place, places like it, or because of what we've been told of these people. I remember being actively taught to pity and look down on my passport peers, for religious reasons and cultural ones too. Raised on the mission field, I learnt that I was to feel sorry for all those unsaved and especially for the privileged unbelievers in my passport country who should know better. Ugh, those words are heavy, but really true of my experiences. I was also taught that my passport country was shamelessly materialistic, small-minded, and limited in perspective. Is it any wonder that it was hard for me to identify with it? The othering of my passport culture erected some serious barriers to valuing belonging at all. Other TCKs are taught in a very straightforward way that they do belong to their passport cultures. They just are Scottish, Indian, Korean, etc. Passport languages may be nurtured, encouraged and values associated with these cultures praised. Belonging to these cultures is highly valued. And so when there are glitches felt by the TCK, complications with language, value or feeling accepted, it can feel devastating. I was told this was my place, and yet I'm not seen or accepted as belonging. My decision to belong here is rejected. In both of these approaches, it strikes me that we haven't been taught to create belonging. The first assumes belonging to be unnecessary or even dangerous. That was the approach I experienced. While the second assumes that it will be innate, because our passport says so. In terms of looking for ways to fit in and look like we belong, TCKs are often well-equipped. We're famous for mimicry. We can often feign a likeness, but highlighting and minimising aspects of ourselves at will, switching accents and acute observational strategies, we might be good at them, but it can be tiring. And in this process, we're often looking for people we want to connect to and how to mangle our own selves into a shape that won't alienate them and may, in fact, be appealing to them to spend time with. If we're to create belonging by finding likeness with people around us, I want to suggest that we need to dig into our own selves first for our own values and interests. And I'm not talking about nice, vague ideas about internationalism and global interests. Dig deeper. What's important to you on an international level? What is your global interest? Social justice issues on a global level? Multilingualism? Celebration of different food cultures? Dig deeper again. What about these make you light up? The more specific we can be with our interests, the more likely we are to find others with those. But it means inverting the process. We go from looking for people we can adapt to to looking to our own preferences, opinions and desires and finding people who can share with us in experiencing these. And then, of course, you are more than your global experiences. What other interests do you have? Gardens? Theatre? Crochet? Community spaces? Education? Walking? Photography? There's a whole world of people on your doorstep with these interests too. They could be your people. The feeling cared for by our communities element can be a kicker for a lot of us. Some of us have very warm memories of how expatriate communities can gather around with meals and comfort in times of need. Others of us have very painful memories of feeling abandoned by either expatriate communities or by other cultures we'd hoped to make our home in. An added challenge for many TCKs here is that we actually haven't had much practice in communicating our needs. Expatriate communities were often small enough that word just somehow got around, and in contexts without that organisational structure, we can default to, I don't need, simply because we've learnt it's best not to rely on others. Learning to ask favours of neighbours has been a recent challenge for me, to actually make myself vulnerable to that kind of rejection. And actually, it's been a delightfully eye-opening process to see how much kindness has come my way and how incredibly uncomfortable that is. (laughs) Learning to express need and accept help is a massive prerequisite to feeling supported by community. I'm just going to pause with that. That is huge. If you want to feel supported by community, you have to be weak enough to need them and it's not easy. But like with anything, it's good to start small. Asking to borrow tools for pet feeding cover while you're away on holiday, gardening advice, they're all trust-building exercises in settled populations. That's how they do it. But it's not easy if we've grown up identifying ourselves more as the helpers than as helpies. And being helper, might make us feel good about ourselves, but it doesn't build a sense of belonging. If you're simply giving, you aren't belonging, you're paying an entrance fee. And actually, in terms of power structures, who has more power, the helper or the helpee? It's an uncomfortable challenge, but I'm going to say it anyway. What is it in me, what is it in you that can make us feel so much more comfortable in that position of power, in that position as helper? What are we avoiding? And what was that piece around belonging we said? Walking the streets where we live, that's it. Getting into territory, familiarity and curiosity about the many variances of inhabitant and experiences all around us. My walk today made me realise that I feel I do belong here now, not because anybody has told me that I do, but because I have my favourite places where I'm a regular, places I've chosen as mine. I belong to because I've found people locally who love to read and others who speak French and neighbours who are as in love with their kids as I am with mine. I've found people who I can connect to, talk about cross-stitch rhythm, politics too. I feel I belong because I've chosen to ask for help from my neighbours, support from local institutions, and advice about DIY. I feel I belong because I've chosen these streets I walk now, I've chosen this place, and I need it too. And I want to belong here, in this chapter of my life. Where do you want to belong? Thank you for listening today. Do get in touch if you have any questions or comments or disagreements. Your stories are all so valid. Thank you. Bye.